Well, hello today. How are you? I want to ask you a question. What in hell is happening to America? The country that I know, the country that I love, is crumbling under the weight of idiocy and nonsense. And all the while, change is being accepted as if we're being fed a nutritious drink designed to give us longer life. Yet the truth is, in reality, we're being spoon-fed poison from within designed to cause slow and painful death. Even those whose job it is to protect and defend the Constitution of America have capitulated to the far left. And that is slowly turning up the flames for racism, intolerance, bigotry. Is there any hope for us? Can we save this nation? That's my question. Even talking about America today in general as being a good country is a sour topic. So many have falsely accepted the lies that America is dangerous and destructive, when in fact, the total opposite is true. A true and honest evaluation of our history shows that although far from perfect, without America, this world would be run by dictators and barbaric tyrants with a propensity to destroy their own people and use the masses for their pleasures. America has been the one and only beacon of light and freedom, so much so that even today, people from around the world are making their way to Central America to take the trek up north. And if, if you don't believe me, I'm, I have some video for us to look at here today. So I want you to just take a look at this um, as we uh, view what's actually happening. As you know, um, migrants have been coming to this country in great numbers. This is an example of that. Coming in on a train, cheering migrants head into the United States. And, and we have a border, you know, czar who basically says, oh, the border is secure. The border is secure. Bull. The border is not secure. And here we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming in. If you look at the, the video, most of them are males. Most of them are males in the you know, 30, 40-year-old uh, bracket, uh, late 20s, coming to this country. And here in Eagle Pass, Texas, we have all of these migrants. Again, most of them male, 20s to 40s, uh, sitting around looking to come into this country uh, illegally and hopefully get a free job, get free housing. Look, look at all the males. Where do you see females? Hardly any. And then, of course, there's children. Look at these children crawling under razor wire, crawling under razor wire in order to get here. And there's our border guards. They, they're ordered not to do a thing, ordered not to do a thing, crossing illegally. There they are crossing the river. Well, you know, like me, I'm sure you have had enough of this. I know I have. I have I have had my share of uh, listening to media. Uh, there, millions of people have entered into this country illegally, and the goal is, of course, to get them to vote. <laughs> That's really what it's all about. See, America is still the greatest bastion of freedom on this blue ball we call Earth. The problems with being a place where dreams come true is that if this place is not protected from those who would do us harm, and we don't know where these people come from, they're not all being vetted. Sure, they vet a handful just to say they're vetting people, but they're not vetting. They come here to rape and exploit us physically as well as financially and socially. And the people of this great nation were tolerant. 
Let me tell you, without the legal and orderly transition of new citizenry, we are undergoing the greatness of America being destroyed before our very eyes. All because we're being foolish, foolishly allowing people to come into this nation with who knows what their reason for coming is. Um, here we are, our physical, our social, and our economic structures are being overwhelmed. Listen, I know this all sounds like a lost cause, and many times even I feel like it's hopeless. However, I know that there's hope, and the hope lies with those of us who are like-minded and who see the problems unfolding before us and willing to step out from our comfort zone and actually do something about it. I mean, for the first time in my life, I could tell you I'm extremely frustrated. And I'm sure many of you also feel the same way because we're, it seems like we're fighting against an unseen enemy. Um, it, it's coming at us from all sides, even our own government. We're being bombarded from the left, even from the center right. We're being bombarded across the nation on all sides, trying to get America to give up its moral foundation and the basis upon which it was founded so that we can embrace some crazy cultural ideas that seem to be coming new every single day. They come up with these new ideas like, you know, 72 genders or how many there are today. I don't know. God only knows. But the last time I looked it up on Google, it said that there were 72 or 76 genders. Listen, you and I know there are male and there are female, period. And that's really the end of the story. And if you're really unsure about it, it's fairly simple. You just need to unzip your pants and look down below and there lies the truth. God created two genders, male and female. Thank you. God created two genders. Male and female, thank you very much. I mean, we have an entire generation of young people who are afraid to cross the street without pushing the button. You know, uh, like on the light pole, waiting for the sign to tell you it's okay to cross the street. Now, I can understand if you're in the middle of New York, Chicago, L.A., someplace where, you know, of course, there's a lot of traffic and you got to be careful crossing the road because uh, you get attacked in some of these big cities just for living. Uh, let alone trying to cross the road. But I, I live in a small town, you know, 10,000 people. And, and and I see it all the time. Here's these young guys, young kids, young girls, and they have to cross the street. What do they do? There's no cars coming in either direction. You're stopped at a red light. I'm looking and there they are pushing the button. Got to push the button. It's ridiculous. And yet we have all this happening around us. There's some other things happening. Here you go. We're looking at uh, video of attacks happening on the streets of our country. Look at this guy throwing uh, throwing his bicycle at the truck and here they are attacking a guy in the street. Look at this, look at this, wailing on him, wailing on him. Three, four guys kicking, punching. It's horrible and nobody steps up to stop it. Bystanders joining in. How about this one? I know you saw it recently on the news. Two kids driving around, they see a guy on a, bicycle and they say, Hey, Hey, let's run him over. Hey, I always wanted to run somebody over, see what it feels like. And they run the guy over actually killing him. And there they video him laying on the ground as they're driving away. 
And this is America. This is the America that I grew up in. It is not. It is being transformed. And we're seeing, here's another uh, video. A guy is on his bicycle. And and, and let me just run him over. You know, we don't want to see anything. Let's just run him over. It's crazy what's happening around us. But my point is, you know, um, if you're in a small town like me, uh, most places uh, around the country, if you're in a small town, we don't see a lot of this happening. And the news media barely covers it. We have to research in order to find uh, what's really happening around the nation. And it's because we have a generation of young people who have no idea what it's like to actually interact with other people. I mean, you go out to dinner and you just look around at the tables and what do you see? You, you see kids sitting around the table ordering dinner and they've got their they got their cell phones on. Here's a picture. Kids sitting around the table um, ordering dinner and look at them. No one is talking to anyone. They're just simply going on with life like nothing's changed. Each of them is on their own, you know? the device, the telephone. That's what they spend their time on. And yet they're not saying a word to the people sitting next to them. And this happens so often. I mean, they go out to dinner regularly and, you know, we look around and we see people, husband and wife, you know, the two kids and the husband's on his phone, the wife's on his phone. Nobody's interacting. We're giving the wrong example to our people. (laughs) What about truth? What about truth? Now, between me and you, I'm sure we can agree that there are certain things that are true. For instance, the sun rises in the morning, sets in the evening. Right there is the truth. There are certain things that are absolutely true. But what we have today is a generation that takes truth. Um, for instance, like we talked about male and female. And they then, they, they then change that truth into something else. And they say, no, 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 that's not true. X, Y, Z is true now, whatever they want to call it. You know, like a man can get pregnant and have a baby. It's nonsense, but yet that's what they do. So listen, by the way, on this podcast, uh, there's no topic off limits. You know, we're going to talk about just pretty much anything and everything out there that you can imagine. Because I think it's important that we become aware of what's happening around the world. Like, for instance, abortion. Is abortion murder or is abortion not murder? Now, there's a truth. And let me tell you, science over my lifetime alone has developed a long way, has come a long way from the early 70s, ever since Roe v. Wade was put in. Here we are over 50 years later, and science has done amazing things from being able to call uh, you know, the, 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 the baby in the womb a fetus or a clump of cells when we know better after a few weeks that a baby is actually formed. What I want to show you is a short clip. It's like a minute and a half, whatever long, but I want you to watch this clip. It's very, very powerful about um, a, a baby in a mother's womb. Watch this video. This is the moment that life begins. A new human being has come into existence. At fertilization, her gender, ethnicity, hair color, eye color, and countless traits are already determined. She begins to implant in the uterus about one week after fertilization. Her cells organize into what we call an embryo. 
At three weeks in one day, just 22 days after fertilization, Olivia's heartbeat can be detected. The buds of her arms and legs appear by four weeks. She begins to move between five and six weeks with both spontaneous and reflexive movements. At six weeks from fertilization, her brain activity can be recorded and bone formation begins. She can bring her hands together at seven and a half weeks and separate fingers and toes emerge she can also begin to hiccup. At the beginning of the ninth week, Olivia will have grown from a single cell into nearly one billion cells, and she is now called a fetus. She will suck her thumb and swallow, grasp an object, touch her face, sigh and stretch. At 11 weeks, she is playing in the womb, moving her body and exploring her environment. Her taste bud cells have matured by week 12 but are still scattered throughout her mouth. Her mother will first sense Olivia's movements between 14 and 18 weeks, an event called quickening. Beginning at 18 weeks, ultrasounds show speaking movements in her voice box. Around 20 weeks, with a lot of help, babies have survived outside the womb. At 27 weeks, her eyes are responding to light. She can recognize her parents' voices and will even recognize lullabies and stories. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. See, we deny the truth for the sake of our own comfort, for the sake of our own ideals. How much of our money goes to taxes? How much of your money and my money is sent overseas to different nations? Now, I, I, granted, there are some nations I believe we should support, which are allies like Israel. And, uh, but you, you'd be surprised at actually how much money is being spent around the world, our money, yours and mine. Let's look at some charts here. Okay, this is a chart of top receivers of U.S. foreign aid, okay? So th these are the people that receive most of the foreign aid from us on a regular basis. And uh, whether you agree or disagree with me, okay, and that's fine. Uh, you know, we do need to support, as I said, some of our allies. But these numbers have grown over the recent years. I mean, just recently, what we've got is a president, if that's what you want to call this old guy in the office. Uh, I mean, he was involved with giving all that money on the tarmac back in 2013 or, or 14, whatever it was, uh, to I Iran. And here we just recently gave them another $6 billion we released of their money. Basically, uh, we released it to criminals and terrorists. And then we swapped our citizens for their citizens in order to say, oh, look at how nice we are. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you look at this chart, what you're going to see, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Jordan, Kenya, Ethiopia, Syria, Syria, Pakistan. Are you kidding me? We're giving these people our money, but yet we are. I, I mean, I don't know what's happening in this country because it looks like no one is doing anything about it. We talk about it. Our senators and congressmen talk about it, but yet that's all they do. 
I'm here to tell you things can change. We could begin to make a difference, but it's going to take folks like me and you. And listen, we need to stick together. We need to actually begin to do some things in order to change what's happening to the reality all around us. Now, um, I'm seeing changes, and I'm sure you are too, starting and look at our school systems and at our town halls, places where so many liberal people have taken control of government positions, so much so that if you try to even speak up against your school board, you're considered to be a racist, and they call the cops, and the cops come and arrest you for speaking at a meeting of the school board. Here in Connecticut, I mean, we're talking about we have 65% of our money is spent on taxes between federal and state taxes. It's ridiculous. Where does it end? When do we begin to say that, you know, enough is enough? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Growing up, I used to think that my generation, that the guys who grew up with me were like me, strong-minded, strong-willed, you know, willing to do pretty much whatever it took to stand up against tyranny or oppression or whatever's, you know, wrong that's being perpetrated on us at the moment. Uh, that, you know, we would stand up for our, our culture and our families and uh, that we, we would take a stand regardless of what it cost us. But what I found is we're so comfortable today that even when things are happening to our children and to our grandchildren, where they're showing you know graphic pornography in schools, we have my generation mainly being silent. And I'm embarrassed. The guys that I grew up with, I thought were strong and willing to take a stand regardless of what it might cost. And instead, what I find is we're just so damn comfortable that we just, eh, it'll be all right. Now someone else will take care of it. No, someone else is not taking care of it. And it's going to take you and I to make a difference. America has been really in a decline for a long time. Right now, think about it. What about the overdoses that are happening around this country? Look at this chart. This is a chart of overdose deaths from 1999 to 2021. It's staggering. Total of 106,699 in 2021. That is just unacceptable to me. I don't know about you. Suicides, depression, alcoholism are ravaging our nation. And it's happening to an entire generation of people. I mean, I think about some of the veterans that I know are suffering and struggling, struggling physically, even financially. And yes, this is true. Our country does have a great uh, medical service for our veterans. They are taken care of pretty well medically, but many of them are suffering due to what happened to them when they were serving, like Agent Orange, how it destroyed many of our uh, Vietnam veterans. Uh, I mean, what are we doing about that? Oh, well, we have settlements. <laughs> yeah, we have settlements for them. If they can get the money before they die, if not, the family gets it, which is fine, I guess. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so fed up. Look what's happened to our middle class. I mean, ever since this guy in the White House, you want to call him president, uh, that's up to you. Uh, he, he's gutted the middle class. Inflation's on the rise. 
middle-class wealth has been eviscerated. And meanwhile, what's happening is the top 1% are amassing more wealth than ever before in all of American history. <laughs> Listen, all of these things that are happening around us, I believe are a distraction, working to distract us from what's really happening in America. And that is America's on the brink of what I believe can be an historic collapse. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. I believe that there's going to be an eco economic collapse. Things are happening behind the scenes that so many people are just not aware of. And we're going to be talking about these in coming shows, in coming weeks. I believe that the possibility to save America does exist, but it does not lie with our politicians. It lies with someone who is not a politician. It's got to come from the outside. It's got to come from someone like you or I who come from a normal background, a normal society. See, it's only you and I who can save this great country. Unfortunately, most of the generations alive today in America, except for the older generations or my generation, uh, they have no idea of the real true history of America and what America has done to save so many nations and to save the planet from destruction, from tyranny, from dictatorships. You know, in 1986, uh, I, I mean, talking about Biden, uh, he was the key senator behind passing the Firearms Owners Protection Act. <laughs> that bill has been called a law that has saved gun rights. Okay. Okay. Biden saved gun rights. Today, what's he on a mission to do? Repeal the Second Amendment, all to satisfy the crazy left wing of his party. I mean, he worked closely with the racist Senator Strom Thurmond and um, uh, Ernst Fritz Hollings. I mean, these guys were talking about true racist members of the KKK. This was Biden's buddy, buddy. Listen, I lived through it. I remember it. But right now you try to bring it up and people laugh at you because they weren't alive then. I mean, this guy in the White House is a joke. I mean, we're talking about uh, drugs, women's rights gay marriage, entitlement reform, all of these things that Biden has flipped, flopped on, every single one of these issues he's flipped on. It depends what direction the wind is blowing. That's the direction that Biden will go in. And these days, we know that this guy really is not even in charge. He's just pretending he's like a, a puppet. Someone is the puppeteer. Someone is writing his speeches. Someone is telling him what to do. I don't believe he can do anything on his own. I believe he's cognitively impaired. So today we have the majority of voters, both both Democrat and Republicans, uh, who believe that Biden's not in charge of his own administration. And, and nothing's happening about it. I'm sure if it were President Trump who was not in charge of his own faculties, there would be inquiries and, you know, invoking the 25th, whatever it would take to get him out. <laughs> now, many of you might live in larger cities, Baltimore, Chicago, New York, Memphis, Seattle, Detroit, wherever. Uh, many of you might li live in or be close to those cities. What's happened in those cities? What's happened in places like San Francisco? Beautiful city that San Francisco was. I want us to look at San Francisco. 
Watch this. Look at this. So our Wilson Walker has been repeatedly reporting on the challenges in the Tenderloin. Over the last year, he's filed many reports. He's been talking to people in the neighborhoods most impacted by this very issue every single day and found there is a lot of frustration at a system that many say is just not working. No kidding. Yeah, what are the real practical implications of this injunction? What does it mean on the sidewalks? Why are people angry enough about it to show up at the courthouse at nine in the morning? We don't see this We on have the been news. showing you this over the course of about eight months now, and a lot of it right here on the 400 block of Leavenworth. The first thing I saw or heard was like a large explosion, and I saw the flames hit my window. A fire starts, burns out the laundry there. There's a large apartment building, Hickson O'Farrell, that the tenants could have been burned out. Fire occurs, then the encampment comes the next day. The police do nothing to criminally clear it because they say, well, this injunction prevents them from clearing the encampment. The fire that threatened this block was in June. The camp in which the fire started had been here for months. The result has been a kind of churn as many of the tents lining the sidewalks are occupied by people who have been provided Listen. some kind of shelter or housing. The, the biggest thing that we struggle with is people who have somewhere to be, whether they're permanently housed in shelter in a hotel room, and they come back out here and they set up tents and don't clean up after themselves and block the sidewalk. Unbelievable. They already have housing. They don't want it. They don't want the housing. Listen. Uh, I worked uh, many years ago, I volunteered uh, at a shelter here in Connecticut, St. Vincent de Paul shelter. And uh, what I found was um, women who were in the shelter temporarily, they were motivated. And within a short period of time, they found the job and uh, they were out. They found housing and they managed to get, but the majority of the men did not want the responsibility. They didn't mind that they were living in a shelter. In fact, most of them, even if they were offered housing, wouldn't take it. I would have never believed it, but I saw it firsthand. So we have cities that have been basically destroyed and mainly because of left-wing policies. Look at the people coming across our border. This illegal immigration has surged millions of illegal migrants and they're being bussed and flown across our country into all these major cities so that they can control voting from now on. In other words, Democrats will keep winning the cities, will keep continue voting blue. And before you know it, all of our major cities will be destroyed. We've got crazy ideology, radical ideology being forced on us and even forced on our children. Lunatic ideas, as I mentioned before, that men can be pregnant. It's nonsense. They try, uh, you know, enforcing gender reaffirming surgeries on kids. And for the most part, America is silent. Look, I'm all for the American worker and I'm all for the American worker being able to make a great wage, being able to get paid. Recently, we had a, a union strike, the automotive workers strike, and they wanted a 40% wage increase over a couple of years. Ridiculous. 40% wage increase? It's not too long before we'll see it'll be impossible for the average middle-class family to even be able to afford a new car. In fact, new cars will have to get downsized 
smaller and smaller and smaller. And before you know it, we'll be like Europe, where you have to drive around in a little, you know, crushed up little car um, where you can barely fit, you know, someone who's 200 pounds. Here's a car. <laughs> you want to be forced into that? None of us does. Or well, maybe one of them little Fiat 500s, which are, you know, kind of a cool car. But I wouldn't want to have to be forced to buy one of those things in order to drive around or go to work or travel or go on vacation or do anything. My wife would never get in one of them little things. It's ridiculous. You know, back in 1978, I bought a brand new Lincoln Continental Town Car. There's my car. That's my car. That's the exact picture of the car that I purchased back in 1978. Out the door was $10,030. And I remembered exactly because uh, that included tax registration, everything. Uh, out the door, um, they wouldn't drop that extra 30 bucks. I remember the argument. But it, it, the, the point is today, that same car, and it's a lot smaller, uh, $80,000 is where it starts. It's ridiculous. Whose income has gone up eight times since 1978? Not mine. It's interesting that people who talk about inflation, you know, those in Washington and in the Congress and Senate, the majority of them are just there basically to enrich themselves. But they don't go shopping. When's the last time, you know, like Biden, when's the last time Biden went into a grocery store to actually go shopping? I mean, he may have gone in to do a photo op, but when's the last time? He, he doesn't do that. He never did any shopping. And I'm sure his son Hunter ain't doing any shopping either, unless he's, you know, out looking for hookers or whatever, uh, you know, on the street looking for drugs. I don't know. But he doesn't know how much milk or, or eggs or anything else cost. <laughs> Picture the cost of groceries today. Groceries are expensive. Biden has no idea what it actually costs. He's getting millions of dollars in bribes from countries all around the world, and he has no clue what it's like to spend money in the grocery store. I mean, today what I found is one bag of groceries on average, at least in my life, okay? I've never seen anything like this, okay? On the average, one bag is $50. And by the way, uh, one bag, I'm talking about, you know, one of them paper bags, you know, the paper bags that, first of all, if you don't double or triple it up, it's going to break before you get to the parking lot. Um, it's ridiculous. The bag will break. Cheap paper. Uh, every, everything else, plastic in the store. You go and buy a sandwich or something like that, it's in a plastic container. Uh, you buy deli meat, it's in a plastic container. Uh, you, you, buy, you buy any kind of food, whatever, it's wrapped in plastic. It's, it's all plastic. And you hear in Connecticut, plastic is outlawed. You got to have paper. Ridiculous. So $50 average for a bag of groceries. Now you go shopping. I don't know about you, but you know, even though we only have three people in our family right now, uh, an average, you know, grocery a day, you know, when I go shopping, I'm talking about four or five bags of groceries, 250 bucks. Listen, it's time I say we start to take things back. We need to change things up. I call it a revolt, but not a revolt in the way that you might you know, or you and I might think a revolt is, you know, I'm not talking about picking up arms. I'm talking about making a difference where we're out, we're getting different people to change the way that they vote, to change the way that they think. All of us have friends, all of us have family, all of us have people around us, whether it's work, coworkers, neighbors, whatever. And we don't want to bring up politics. 
it's time we bring up politics. We don't want to disturb. No, I want to disturb people right now. I'm angry. I want to disturb people right now because it's time. I don't care if I lose some friends. I don't care if people in the workplace don't want to talk to me. I don't care if my neighbors or friends think I'm crazy anymore. doesn't matter to me. We're losing our country. There's something at stake here much, much greater than just a couple of people who won't talk to you because you happen to be a MAGA Republican or whatever it might be, independent. I would rather the people tell me, you know, they don't want to be around me uh, than for me to just be silent. It, it's time we start uh, awakening the truth and see the truth and join a radical revolt against these crazy leftists. And it's going to take people like you and I. I don't know about you, but I've driven the new electric cars. This is nonsense. We don't need electric cars. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of cool. I've driven one. It's nice. It's kind of fun. But I wouldn't buy one of these things. I live in New England. I just went across the bridge the other day to go home, and the traffic was backed up one hour in traffic. I mean, what if your electric car is not charged? I don't know about you, but my gas tank is always not on full. Unfortunately, it seems to always be around a quarter or an eighth of a tank. I always wait till the last minute to fill it up. You know, you don't want to get stuck in a snowstorm or a traffic jam on I-95 where you can't move anywhere for an hour or two hours. And with my electric car, I need to be charged. <laughs> what do you have to do then? Get towed for two or $300 back to your home so you could plug it in and charge it so you could drive it again? <laughs> it's absolutely nonsense. But yet these electric vehicles, they're being forced on us. Forced on us. I mean, we all want clean, renewable energy. I mean, we all want to do what's right for our country, our nation, our environment. We don't want to pollute things on purpose, of course. But the cold, hard facts are, are there. There is zero chance of renewables producing enough low-cost energy to power the United States or even the world. It's crazy, and it's not going to happen in our lifetime. This generation thinks that you know fossil fuels um, pretty much are going to end humanity. But listen, listen. Recent research has shown that after two decades of intense support for increased renewable energies, the proportion of energy provided by these clean renewable sources only moved to 2%. It went from 13 to 15%. That's nothing after two decades and $1.4 trillion just in 2022 alone. Look, the timeline for getting to renewables for the government is like 2035. They're insane. They're insane. It's not going to happen. It won't happen in 2050. It's actually going to take somewhere around 200 years. 2250 should the Lord wait that long to return. That's about how long it's going to take for us to be on all renewables. Besides all that, really, Who's on board with all this carbon neutral garbage? Really? Who's on board with it? China? India? Qatar? Russia? Saudi Arabia? Anybody? Is anybody? Of course not. And yet these are the countries that are doing more pollution than the United States. Look, these crazies uh, that are all in for this climate change, uh, they worship at the altar of climate change, and yet they ignore real world facts. You want to hear something really disturbing? Okay, th 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 this is a fact. You need to listen carefully. This is going to blow your mind. Fossil fuels provide more than 80% of the world's energy supply. 80%. 80%.
And here we are trying to live without fossil fuels. That would be the end of humanity. We would have all kinds of malnutrition, disease, all kinds of problems in the world. It is not going to happen in our lifetime. This is a political stunt and nothing but a big money maker for those in Washington. You know, when the previous president, Donald Trump, which to me, the greatest president of my lifetime, um, when he was in office, there was a huge difference happening all around this great nation. We were talking about at the time, we were the number one oil producer in the world. In the world, number one. And here we are today, begging the world for oil. This is absolutely ridiculous. And who's paying the price for this? It's not Biden. He's getting foreign money. It's you and I. But let me tell you what happened. See, the environmentalists, they got impatient. When they saw that, you know, here's Trump in office and he got the lowest gas prices that we've seen in, in decades, okay? The leftists feared that the transition to renewable energy was getting so slowed down that they had to do something about it. And they realized that if Trump stays in office, my God, they're never going to be able to transition to renewable. It isn't going to happen. So they started a new campaign to ban all these crazy fossil fuel ideas. For instance, fracking and natural gas. Now, you might remember when you heard things like fracking was worse than burning coal. It's just a huge lie. But yet people bought it because they don't know how to research. They don't know the truth behind it. All they know is what CNN or MSNBC or whatever told them. And so they believe that. But today things are changing before our very eyes. And what I'm looking to do is to wake up some of us here in America in the hopes that we'll get behind the idea of taking back this great nation to America today. There is nothing wonderful about what's happening in America today. We need a license or permission from the government to do just about anything. Everything is regulated. Everything is government governed and everything costs us more and more money every single day. There's things happening all across this nation that we're talking about, like for instance, COVID. When that happened, science got in on the scam. Science. And what did science do? Science morphed. It morphed into what the political, uh, what the political leaders of the day wanted to happen. Power over the people. Listen, we've got AI. We've got crypto. We're talking about many things are happening right now across this great nation and around the world. And we need to be on a path that will bring us to a place of recovery for America. And it's going to take people like you and I who will stand up to make a difference. And I hope you're willing to join me because there's some great, exciting things happening. Like I said, AI and, and crypto and all these things, that there's exciting things happening where some of us can actually maybe even have enough money to retire. I'm looking for people who are willing to come alongside on this ride so we can enlighten the audience, so we can get more and more people to listen to the truth of what's actually happening around us. Maybe we can awaken the sleeping giant. Maybe. We can make a difference in this great land called America. Thanks for joining me today.
Well, if you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire or watched the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listened or watched. And do me a favor, please share this episode with others who may be interested in the same topics. And also feel free to let me know what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can get in touch with me in the comments or by, you know, social media networks. Thanks again for everything. See you next week.